When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up! And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. Here we go. Welcome to my show, Money Making Conversation Masterclass. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. I recognize that we all have different definitions of success. For you, it may be the size of your paycheck. Mine is inspiring people to develop a plan to reach their dreams. It's time to stop reading other people's success stories and start writing your own. You can only see the expectations by believing in yourself. People always talk about their purpose or gifts. If you have a gift, leave with your gifts. And don't let your friends, family, or coworkers stop you from planning or living your dream. My guest is Jim Jones. He's a hip-hop icon, television star, entrepreneur, and entertainment mogul under Rock Nation Management. He's one of the founding members of the Nanny's rap group, The Diplomats. Jones is known for successful hits as We Fly High, Pop Chaptain, and Jim was the co-founder of VH1's Love and Hip Hop. This is where it gets interesting in the world of entrepreneurship and the business mogul that he is. He's launched his own, and we're going to talk about this in the interview. He's launched his own cryptocurrency. He's a... Vamp VIP, that's another project. Saucy Farms and Extract, that's another project. Another project is the partner of the Richmond Rough Riders of the AFL. Another project, Quarantine Studios via Title. All these projects and more. We'll be talking in a minute with the one and only Jim Jones on Money Making Conversations Masterclass. Because you seem to be right now, Mr. Jones, making some money. Talk to me. How you feeling, my brother? Feeling good, man. You know, we're gonna get to the drip report if you don't mind. But I but when I saw all this uh this this uh, entrepreneurial spirit here, because I'm seeing so many iconic hip hoppers transition into the business world, and it it seems to be natural, but then again, we didn't see that coming because all we saw you as artists. Um sure. business is a natural progression for anybody who's an artist and taking their craft seriously and likes to make money. Mm-hmm. Um actually 
music is the stepping stone for you to make a lot of ancillary money. Um, and if you don't understand that as an artist, you really need to rethink what your job is as an artist. Right. When you when you, uh, when you do you tie that Jim to like the the amount of time you spend in the studio, the amount of time because you you know as 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 an artist you are an entrepreneur. You know, you you set your own hours, you set your own work schedule. You don't live on a forty-hour week. It can be an eighty-hour week. It can be a forty-eight-hour day. Is that a, is that an advantage for you to have been nurtured that way to being able to take along all these the entrepreneurial platforms that you're doing today? Um, it has it has this great advantage to be able to get up and move when you want to and work for how long you needed to work and, and stay on something until until it until it happens and things like that. I mean. Well, average person who has a regular nine to five, they don't have the luxuries of time. So they have to squeeze in whatever hustle they can in the time that they have left during their day. Uh, somebody like myself, I wake up and I spend my whole time in the things that I want to see happen. Right. You know, the thing that is really at the top of everybody's mind now, and I've really been trying to educate African-Americans or people of color, is cryptocurrency. You know, it's a digital currency that's not going anywhere. And but as always, uh, the brown and black communities seem to be the last, the last to get credit, the last to get the right job. Where are you on the cryptocurrency education model? And uh, you've launched this 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 currency. Are you are you are you carrying an educational platform along with it? Or are you just just created this blockchain as a revenue generator? Well, I was educating people on cryptocurrency NFTs maybe the past three years. Yes, sir. I would say mm-hmm. way before artists was on it. Um cryptocurrency is a beautiful thing. I mean, everybody got onto it all, got commercialized during the pandemic when everybody was in the house. So it worked tremendously. Um as things open back up, you get to see the crypto taking a dip, which is not bad which is not bad because in any market when things take a dip, it's not the worst thing. Most likely you should double up on, on what you have. Um, right. But for me to be able to jump into the business and be able to school our people on something that we usually last to know or last long was something great for me. And one of the things that would propel me to create my own social currency, which is capital coin, was what we could do inside the neighborhood and how I could approach it by being able to add a discounted price to everywhere that capital coin is accepted. Right. Um, so now we're playing the game of uh, 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 staying fast and holding our chips to everything go back up. Um, this is a real way for people to get rich or uh, more wealthy than they've ever seen um, by just playing the game a little bit. Well, can, can you help me out a little bit? Because I, I, I kid you not, Jim, I've had probably about 30 people on my show and uh, trying to slow my brain down, wrap my brain around what exactly is cryptocurrency? You know, I, I got in the sense that, you know, one one conversation I had, you know, well, you have a credit card and then on a credit card, you have a credit line. And but in cryptocurrency, you have a wallet and that wallet allows you to make purchases. Can you help me and make my audience to tell us exactly how does cryptocurrency work and why we should be involved in it? Well, cryptocurrency is nothing but digital money. Pretty soon, the physical dollar will be no more. Yes, sir. All banks and institutions will only be using digital money. And cryptocurrency is a form of digital money. Um, I'm not a financial advisor, but I can advise people that this is something you need to tap into. Um, and yes, the first thing you should do is find a good crypto wallet so that you can't start storing all your cryptocurrencies on in your uh, uh, 
uh, you know, you know, it's it's not as difficult as people see them. Just like having your bank card and right. your bank account, and storing your, your money, it all has to do with numbers and. Uh-huh. So like the stock market because your cryptocurrency can go up or it can go down. So you have to be very keen, but they have different things where you can take your money out and put it in these secure crypto accounts where your money don't drop or, or go up. You know what I mean, it's, there's a lot of different ways you can go about, uh, about it and you start to see a dip. There's ways for you to make sure you secure your money. So don't get scared by all the things that people say about cryptocurrency. <laughs> it's, def- it's definitely the future and it's definitely not going anywhere. This is how we're all going to have to Spend our money pretty soon. There's no way around it. Absolutely. You go to restaurants right now, you know, they won't take cash. They want a credit card. Exactly. Exactly. So it's the same difference. Pretty soon, it'll be tapped into crypto. Uh, Here's the interesting thing about, you know, I I started my life, I worked at IBM, and then I left IBM to be a stand-up comic. So I was making all my money physically. You know, if I walked on stage, I got a check. Same way with you. You walked on stage, you performed, or did music, you got checks. Now you're mm-hmm. into this multiple streams of income now. Did, did, mm-hmm. did, is, was that a plan action that you put in place, or you just saw opportunities and you started investing your money in places you felt comfortable? Um, no, it wasn't no plan action. It was just this life. Like, the more opportunities I could have for myself, the better chances I have of becoming successful and adding more money to the pile. Um, and I'm from Harlem. All you learned about was hustling when you Harlem. And right. you know, hustles doesn't necessarily mean you hustling drugs. It means you hustling something to make right. some money. I was very good at that. But I figure, why not? The most average, the average engineer, the average millionaire has about seven, seven hustles or seven jobs. They say right. seven hustles. <laughs> um, I got a little bit more than that, so I'm doing pretty good out here. But I challenge myself to take on different things uh, that excite me. Um, and there's a lot of things that interest me, so I start to find myself taking on opportunities as they present themselves, because they probably won't present themselves twice. Well, one of the ones that stood out the most to me was the Richmond Rough Riders. How did you get involved in the football team? Um, just opportunity presenting itself um, through my, my influence, how influential I am, and what I could bring to the table. Um, and I thought that for what it was, what it was, and where I was at in my position is that it can be a great thing for the hip hop community, right. as we can start to create our own multicultural football league yes, through uh, the arena football. Um, it's, a, it, it's a great business. It's very lucrative. Um, and I do think if they add some marketing with, with counterparts from, from from the culture, it can be a multi-million multi million dollar business, um, probably billion dollar business once we touch it. So that was my whole strategy in becoming a part owner of the Arena Football team. Um, and who knows, maybe down the line I might uh, indulge in more of this Arena Football uh, mm-hmm. or some maybe some other sports. But um, yeah, it was very fun, very educational. Um, learned a lot about the sport. Well, you know, the beauty of what you're doing is that we know that content is king. And we know that yeah. the, the more they stream, they got to have content. And so that's why, you know, me asking that question was not a question of, why are you doing that? It's a question that you getting in early when the, when the getting is small before it becomes large. You know, yes. like several years ago, you know, you could buy an NBA team for $700,000. Now they're about to sell the Phoenix Suns for $1.8 billion. And so that's just several years ago. We're not talking about 10 years ago, like five years ago. That's how the cost of an NBA team was. And so now you're looking at this AFL team and going, okay, I'm making it. I'm just talking to my audience as I talk to you is that sometimes you have to be a visionary 
when you're making your investments and see why the how these platforms are being uh, viewed at when you when all these competitors are out there trying to fill time through streaming, filling time because all of the networks are, are, are grabbing all the content. So these networks are going to have to have content. So why not you? Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> right on the head. That's exactly my thought. But, but that's what I like to do. I like to get into businesses that the culture has not already commercialized. Right. Um, like, uh, so I, I have a, a tobacco deal for some tobacco leaves. Now that uh, marijuana is um, legal, it was in 38 states, so... Uh, where we were buying cigars before, we can now market direct to consumer for people that smoke marijuana. So, and I know that nobody has really infiltrated the. Is that is that the Saucy Farms and extracts that you're no, talking that's about? That's actually that's actually marijuana. Shouts to Saucy Farms tobacco. The what we roll out marijuana wow. in it. Wow! It in. Wow! Tobacco, you know what I mean? Well, <laughs> throwbacks. So there's no difference in what Puffy's doing with uh, Ciroc or Jay does with Ace of Spade. I'm just going to come from the tobacco, as we know. Tobacco, alcohol, and firearms run the United States. So Come on now. Come on now. First Amendment. Come on now. Freedom of speech. Come on now. Second, third, fourth, fifth. They're going to keep it all. But you know. We'll be right back with more Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Now let's return to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. The thing about it is that, um, you know, I, I've seen your career, you know, I've been, uh, as, as, as we all, and then I, then I see how you've, you've tapped in, like you said, uh, Love and Hip Hop, you know, which is an iconic reality show. You know, it's so iconic that you've been watching uh, football on Fox and they got commercials. You know, that's how yeah. it's transcended the community. When you came with that, they said one of the co-creators, talk, walk, us, walk me through the steps of how that process worked with you, how the idea came upon you, and then seeing it becoming the iconic show. Because you have to put the iconic on it. Because it was just uh, a it was just a, just a hip-hop show. It was just, it was, uh, my lady had a chance to do some reality TV. It didn't go, it didn't go down for her the way it was supposed to. I had opportunities to do it with, Jim Ackerman over at VH1, who was running things, um, took a meeting with him, told him what I had on the table. He said, let's run it. Let's figure out a synopsis. Gave him a synopsis. Gave him the name Love and Hip Hop. Um, <laughs> at that time, I I, I knew what the opportunity was, but I didn't know. I didn't, and I, I say I didn't understand. I wasn't knowledgeable how important the business was at that time because right. I was making too much money. And uh, a lady by the name of Mona Scott was knowledgeable of how That's important my girl. That's my girl. I was put, that I was putting together. So I was bitter with her for a long time for her, for the move that she made, which was business and shit, I understood. Uh, so, you know, but me and my lady were smart enough to walk away from it very early because we did, we ain't going to compromise our integrity for anyone. And, yeah. you know, I tip my hat to those who uh, made a success of the show after we left. Um a lot of people should be telling me thank you. Everybody that's on the show should be telling me thank you because it definitely wouldn't be no show at all. And nobody would be doing no love and hip-hop or getting no love and hip-hop checks if it wasn't for me at all. It has nothing to do with Mona. It has everything to do with the inception of what was created. And that was created by Jim Jones, Chrissy Lampkin, and Emily Bustamante. That's what I wanted to hear. But you know, the thing about it, when you do something like that, man, you change the game, brother. You know, the whole, you know, introduced... Are you still there? Did I lose him? 
Yeah, man, probably. I don't know what just happened. My phone is dropped out, but we back. Yeah, cool. Because we just, you know, I, I, I was just complimenting you on a on a game changing visionary show that is really where well, you talk about the inks. You talk about all these shows. They laid the, they laid the foundation about what you presented, and then to see the show at its level now. But also just giving credit that a visionary that I sat down and said, "This is what it should be. Here's the name." Ride with me, trust with me, and that has been basically your career throughout music. Is that people have trusted you, and what is, what do you what do you lay that quality down? Just to being consistent, a man of your word. What do you tie that to? Um, both us a, a, a number of things, but definitely being a man of my word and consistency. Uh, being consistent is everything to me. Um, like I tell people all the time, when you can't stay motivated. Stay consistent. That consistency is going to bring back all the motivation you need. Um, and just putting in hard work, as 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 cliche as it may sound, you got to put your foot forward out here. Um, that always working, and, and and being able to think outside the box. You know what I mean? Like everybody think the norm. Um, I think the thing is to stand out in today's world instead of standing in Absolutely. and blending in with everybody else. And, these are the, some of the things that I always try to do in making my decisions to make business. Now, it, now this is the fun. fun we're, we're, I've been having a great time talking to you, but the fun part of this was uh, mm-hmm. just watching you do the drip report. It's been renewed for a sixth season of Revolt. Tell me how you got into that. The whole fact that you're doing real weather, for real, that, me, that, that and, and then tying hip-hop and tying your style to it. Was that an original concept that, that you thought of, or somebody came and you said, what do you think about this? Um, well, it, it started with Hurricane Irma in Miami a few years ago. When right. I, I had to go down there. Uh, Chrissy didn't want to leave, so we were stuck in the midst of the uh, hurricane. A colleague of mine said, you might as well give him uh, the weather report while you're out there. Uh, give him a play-by-play, which is what we did. Give him my own version of the weather. Uh, it ended up going viral. <laughs> Super viral. So, so, so um, hold up, Jim. I, I love when people like you, you start talking. I'm missing all these beautiful steps of how uh, I coming about. So you was on your Instagram doing it. Where were you at giving yeah, these reports? Started off, started off on Instagram. Um, Chrissy was helping me record it. Uh, did it on the balcony. That ended up going super viral. Um, propelled me to do it a few more times. Got some calls from like Nori. Was like, Nah, you gotta, you gotta do that, y'all. That's a good one. Um, <laughs> I kept with it. Kept with it for like another year here and there, hitting it on the gram. And then um, had an opportunity to meet uh, Dottavio for a meeting, um, who is the CEO of Revolt right now. He wasn't at Revolt at the time. Um, he did something sticky like, yo, I, I, I like your show. I don't know how long I'm going to be here at this position, but wherever I go, I would like to take take the show I did with me uh-huh. and see if it can happen. And that's what he did. He ended up Revolt. Um, Drip Report is now going on the sixth season. Um, going to add a couple little twists to it this season. Um, <laughs> it's a fun show. I look forward to uh, to to doing the weather. Um, it gives me a peace of mind. I like it. Well, you know what I like is the is the is the when you start talking about the clothes. Now, talk about uh, are these are, the, are are these particular relationships you have? Are they part of your or any clothes lines that you're launching because of it? Because that really, to me, is an opportunity for young artists to get exposure through your brand, through your through your iconic statue. How does the wardrobe come together on each show? Um, I have a stylist. Um. And for the life of me, I've been pretty influential when it comes to uh, 
the drip and the style. And, absolutely, and, uh, absolutely. Um, and then I give an opportunity for up and coming black designers to send me some. Thank of you. Their product and uh, showcase it on the screen. And thank I was, you. I was doing that for free for like the first five seasons, but I think it's pretty fair. And I'll continue to do mm-hmm. different things like that, but. It's gonna start to cost a couple of dollars now. There you go. There you go. But but, but what, what, what? Now, now, look at that. Come on, Jim. You are an entrepreneur. I can't believe you're not saying, Rashawn. Look, I got some. I got some 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 shoes coming out. I got some pants. Coming, I got tea. Why and, and the drip report should be you. You should be dripping. A hundred, a hundred million percent. And, and this year, I will start to showcase some of uh, the clothing lines that I'm involved. There you in. go. There you go. Drip, some merch for people to buy. Some actual drip report merch that you can buy. Uh, yes, sir. T-shirts, umbrellas, things like that. So, yeah, this, this season, <laughs> we're going to go tear this season. As soon as that umbrella come out, I got to get one, brother. I got to get the umbrella. I'll tell you right now, Jim. I got to get the umbrella. I, I'm based in Atlanta. Look, tell, tell whoever your PR person said, Rashad wants the first umbrella in Atlanta. And I'm going to post it. The drip report right here in Atlanta got the umbrella. <laughs> I love it, man. I, you know, the thing about it, I love the... Um, you know, like I'm enthusiastic about everything I see that you're doing with your career. You know, we met uh, way back in 2006 when I was doing the MTV show of uh, uh, the Barbershop, and uh, and just to see the your, your game and your thought process, and to see the, the I, I, what I love about you when I watch the show is that it's an honest, fun show. You're not taking yourself serious, but what you deliver in information that that is serious. And when you get to your interviews, they're short. But effective. Is, is that intentional? Because a lot of times interviews, you know, they go 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Like this interview is like 20 minutes. Is is it is, is that the goal to keep it short like that and to keep the segment moving? Because it's very effective. Yeah, I mean, for to do, do, for the average watchers today, they watch and listen to they watch TV fast and they listen to music fast. Um people tend to have a short attention span than we had before because we have these cell phones and social media and everything. So the quicker and more effective I could get my point across through the show is is better for me. And the more I can hit those important points that uh, last with people forever. It hits home with me. It hits home with me. It hits home with me. And they and they buy into it because they give they wear the report where they at, which I love too. Uh, a couple of things I want to wrap up, man, because you're a businessman. I kind of ran over through it, ran through it when I introduced you. Uh, give me some background on Vamp TV. And then also Saucy Farms and extracts. Well, Vamp TV is uh, it's more like Quarantine Studio. Quarantine Studio, I have a, uh, I built a technology with AWS. Um, uh, figured out how to uh, record virtually in real time. Wow. Um, with my A&R, damn, they could be in space. Um, something I've created seven albums during the pandemic. Um. Very useful. Um, was able to show AWS what I figured out through using other platforms in my favor, and it kind of blew their mind. So now I have a, a technology called Quarantine Studios at AWS. That's the back end. I'm trying to work on building the front end. As you know, it becomes kind of pricey when yes. you build the websites and attachments <laughs> and all this. And I'm, not, and I'm not the most technical person or the most right, right. nerdy person, but I kind of understand the way things run. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Looking like you need a venture can. capitalist there, Jim Jones. You need a venture capitalist to come a VC boy to come yeah, in on you. I do, I do. I, I had a couple of meetings with them. Um, it's kind of hard to explain somebody something that sounds like witchcraft when you're telling them. So <laughs> I have to actually physically show people what this quarantine studio thing is about so they can actually get it. Um, mm-hmm. but we still push forward. Mm-hmm. I know um somebody's coming with what we need to make the business yes, uh hundred percent functionable and I'm can't wait for that day and I know that day is soon. Cool. And Saucy Farms. Saucy Farms is a marijuana company that um have a, a bit of ownership in it. Um currently did a deal with uh Jay-Z's uh big marijuana band for distribution. So um, I'm not as hands-on as I used to be. Yes, now I'm just sitting and waiting for the big check to come. But I am working with uh, High Tolerance, which is another marijuana company, and we're doing some big things. We just started, uh, just got out. Weed inside the stores means well. He has I can't feel my face, and I have knockout. Um, we just finished doing a big uh, a big merch tour this summer. So it was, marijuana is legal in 38 states. It's definitely <laughs> the next thing. I love talking to you. It's a lot of money going on. I love talking to you because it's like talking to uh, you know, it's a it's a wild conversation talking to you because you 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 you, like you say I I just get that check you know you just turn just I just get that check you got that mailbox money coming in you know you're dripping on TV you know Rashad gonna have him an umbrella in Atlanta drip report umbrella coming soon I just love it man congratulations brother that's I I just wanted to talk because like you know man we 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 get in this business as entertainers and we just grind it man we, we we don't look five years ahead we don't look 10 years ahead but as a business person you do look like that that's the difference we do look like that we do look like a legacy talk because this is assets and that's what you're building right now is assets it has to make you feel good uh yeah it definitely makes me feel good especially from where i was at everybody goes through the up and downs and it's how you get back up and by the grace of god i was able to get back up and keep moving so to be here right now from where i was a few years ago there's no better gratification i feel good well, the gratification is that you took time to tell me and my audience and my fans that you're doing great, you're looking good, man, and I'm going to continue to support you. And uh, again, brother, uh, God bless you, man, and uh, keep being you, Jim Jones. Uh, thank you very much, man. When I get to Atlanta, I'm going to look you up, man, we have some dinner, so. Absolutely. Come to, I, I, I'll show you my little palatial place, man. I, I, think I, I, think I, I think I impress you a little bit down here in Atlanta, brother. I, in fact, <laughs> I got a kitchen, so we won't go nowhere. I'll fix food right here. In my All little right, place, there. okay? Yeah. Love you, brother. I'm going to have Chanel line that up for, for us. Okay, stay strong. We'll be to talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Have a good one, bro. Mm-hmm. We'll be right back with more Money-Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. You are now tuned into the Money-Making Conversations Minute of Inspiration with Rashawn McDonald. Hi, I'm Rashawn McDonald from Money Making Conversation Masterclass with your daily minute of inspiration. Recently, I spoke with artist, actor, entrepreneur, Jay Young, MDK. He addresses the importance of knowing who you are and understanding your purpose. I, I try not to, like I said a little earlier, like I'm a glass half full type of person. The, the biggest thing like with this is just knowing who you are right. and knowing what you're there for. 
You have to know who you are. If you don't know who you are, you, you're going to have problems in life, period, because someone could tell you something else or someone could say, you look ugly, are you stupid, wow. are you, or look at you because of the color of your skin and you'll feel insecure about that. Mm -hmm. But once you know who you are, you know what you represent. Unfortunately, success comes with hate. If you want to listen to this full interview with Jay Young MDK, it's available on moneymakingconversations.com. Now let's return to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. My guest is Jim Vanderhei. He is the co-founder, CEO, and chairman of Axios, a media company that helps readers and viewers like me get smarter, faster across the consequential topics reshaping our country and lives. As CEO, Vanderhei has steered Axios into becoming one of the most celebrated digital media success stories in the past decade. He is on the show discussing his new book, Smart Brevity, The Power of Saying more with less. Please welcome the Money Making Conversation Masterclass, Jim Vanderhaat. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic, oracle.com slash strategic. Open a limited time 11 month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average. Plus, it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash CV for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. 
thank you for having me. What yeah, a treat. I, uh, I love the philosophy of your show, so I'm eager to dig in. I appreciate it. As I stumbled through it, I guess I was trying to use less words to get to the, the, the heart of the matter, and the heart of the matter is this interview. Um, you know, I, I, I grew up in the era of shorthand, you know, with a language that people don't use anymore, that these little cursive yep. words that make words shorter, and you get through the process. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of secretaries would use it if you want to take notes and shorthand, and then I, then I came through the whole process of watching people through texting, they started shortening things even more so. And sometimes, you know, LOL is laugh out loud and things like that. And then I come across this book called Smart Brevity, which is more about communication at all different levels. How did this whole idea come about, Jim? Yeah, I mean, so it came about because Smart Brevity is kind of the core philosophy of the media company, Axios, that we started. Yes, sir. And what we were trying to solve for was you, me, your listeners, anybody who's trying to get ahead and kind of, you know, be successful at life. We just need to know a lot more across more topics than ever before. You have to kind of understand technology and media and politics and business. And that's a lot. There's a lot to ask for busy people. And so we came up with this concept of smart brevity, which is really high quality, trusted content, but delivered as efficiently as possible. Mm -hmm. You know, so much of what you and I were taught uh, coming up in journalism and coming up as communicators was not necessarily to be efficient. It was to fill time or to fill news holes. And our idea was, well, people don't have time for that anymore. The smartphone and people checking it 250 times a day makes it really impossible for that. And so writing the book was kind of uh, an expression of, I learned a lot from starting our company. I feel blessed. We've done well. Mm -hmm. And I want to share with other people the things that have been really helpful to me in terms of how can you be a much better communicator? Right. Well, you know, the thing about communication, when I look at my world, you know, I, I, before I started my company, uh, this platform, Money Making Conversation Masterclass, I managed Steve Harvey from 2000 to 2016. So just reshaping his brand and getting an idea. And then all of a sudden, when I stopped managing him in 2016, I didn't know who I was. So it was this whole world of branding and communication. So I had all these credits. I had all this information about me, but it was massive. And so the whole term of brevity I had to learn it on the fly because that's what brevity is about, being able to tell your story, in a, in a, if I'm wrong, in a short form, but really still deliver information that people want to hear, correct? For sure, for sure. And, and, and it's harder, as you know, to be brief than it is to be long-winded. Right. Mm-hmm. And it really takes, we have this slogan here of uh, taped up on the wall that brevity is confidence, length is fear. Right. Like to really sharpen your thinking and be succinct and be clear about who you are and what you want to express. It's not easy. You need to be thoughtful about it. Yeah, I, I always tell people, I, I believe it was 2007 in that timeline when uh, when uh, Hillary Clinton at the time announced her presidency, I believe, on the iPhone. And I said, I always go back to that point where it changed the way we do bit our whole world. Because you know, when we look at it now, it feels like the iPhone has been around 30, 40 years. And it really hasn't been around that long, but it has changed the dynamic of how we communicate from a, from a visual standpoint, from an audio standpoint, mm-hmm. from a texting standpoint. Is that... If you look at life, you know, because, you know, we started with fire, you know, then we started, then we flew, and then now we have the iPhone. When you look at it, it may be a question too big to ask, answer, but is that probably the, the one form of technology or uh, science that's really just leaped forward so fast in our life? Well, certainly in communications, it's the biggest thing since the printing press. Like once you could put down the written word and distribute it mass scale, it, it radically changed the world. Well, now with the iPhone and you have a good memory, it was 2007 when, when the iPhone came out. 
like now suddenly all of us have infinite access, often at a relatively low price to as much information as one could possibly fathom. And I don't think we're as a species we're made for this. I think yeah. we're getting hit with too much information too fast. I think people don't know what to trust. I think people have this ability to express themselves often in unhealthy ways on all these social platforms and find somebody out there who will applaud us or like us or friend us, uh, even if we're uh, saying or doing things we probably shouldn't do. I think that explains a lot of why politics has kind of gone off the rails. And But what it's also done is it's made it really hard to communicate. It's made it really hard to sort of win this war for attention. Like right. when I'm talking to you, I'm not just competing uh, against like error or, or you may be like getting distracted by, by a bird. I'm con- like your phone might beep. You might get a Tinder update. You might yes. get a, a, a text update. You might have people calling, emailing, slap you know, slacking you, like there's just a thousand things and that's new. And nobody sat down and actually taught people to rethink how you communicate in this era of chaos. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting. I, I, I Thank you for coming. I'm talking to Jim Vandehei. He's the co-founder, CEO, chairman of Axios. But more importantly, <laughs> he's on my show to discuss uh, one of the writers of the book, Smart Brevity, The Power of Saying More with Less. He's one of the co-creators of Axios and as well as Politico. Um, you have been a guy who's been be- behind putting, you're a wordsmith, I, I would say, a wordsmith, because people take your words and they articulate them and they read them. And, uh, and there's a skill like my my skill is I, my degree is in mathematics so you throw a number at me i can yep. throw it back to you just as fast and that's yep. by communication and so i know in my life i grew up i was born under rotary dial telephones so i i know the how long it took oh, you to dial me too you, you know, yep. so you know exactly just watching that and i remember in 1990 i went to a, like a little science fair and they was talking about the video telephone and it, it you know you one day will be able to it was 1990, or 1970, excuse me. They were talking about video telephones. And I went, wow. And I saw how long it took to get to video telephones were like 2007, really. And so when you look at all these transitioning, it's about communication because at one time you used to be able to say, Jim, you used to be able to leave the house and nobody could reach you. And then yep. when you got back, then communication started again. And I think that's the part of life that we are. Are we being beat up too much with too much information? And that is why what you're talking about is so necessary when we were communicating to people on a daily basis. Yeah, I think beat up is a good term for it. I think we are being crushed by information. We're, we're, we're ingesting too much of it. Uh, and certainly if it's long and it's not worthy of our time, it's a, it's a waste of, of, of our mind share. Mm-hmm. And it's a real problem. I just like, like you said, I mean, think about this program. Like you and I are doing it on Zoom. Yes, You're sir. in a different city. I'm in a different city. Somebody could be listening to this in their car. Somebody could be watching this in their car. Somebody mm-hmm. could be in the woods and happen to have nice satellite connectivity and be able to watch it as crisply and hear it as clearly as you and I. And that's just a different world. And the, the, the big thing about the book is you, you have to take the world as it is, not the way the world the world you wish it were to be. And and the way it is, is that people are distracted. People have very little time. And if you're not respectful of their time and respectful of their intelligence, they're not going to read or hear what you're trying to say. And that is a waste of time, a waste of energy. And if you don't retool your skill set to make sure that you're able to communicate, particularly at work or school or in areas where you're trying to get ahead, you're not going to get ahead. 
uh, like communicate, you think about the workplace, think about your job, like obviously because of the nature of what you do, your entire job is communicating, but almost every person's job is communicating, communicating right. up, communicating down, communicating sideways, communicating to customers, ingesting information is a form of communication. And yet nobody's sitting people down and saying, huh, maybe you should do it differently than they did in, you know, than, you're, than they would have done in 2005 when there wasn't a smartphone, when there wasn't Facebook, when Google was a baby, when most of the websites you visit didn't exist and most of the apps you use uh, weren't even thought of. It's, just, it's, a, it's a wildly, wildly different world. I think the, the COVID era, when the, when the country was shut down in March, I, I remember I was doing some contract work when I first heard the, the word Zoom video conferencing, and I, because I was doing a lot of contract work, I was based in Atlanta and had a lot of meetings in D.C., and it was GoToMeet was another video conferencing device that was out there. And it was a, actually it was ahead of Zoom at the time. I, I was doing the GoToMeetings all the time. And so, but, but when the country got shut down, that's when it kind of changed the culture of how we communicated. In other words, it changed the rules. You know, you didn't have to look a certain way. You can be anywhere, and whether it's socially or appearing on talk shows, whatever. There were, there, we loosened our standards or respectful ways we could communicate, which means that people could inundate you at any time. And I think that's why your book is so important because with the world turning becoming standardless, that means that we have to talk better or less. Is that, is that correct? I think it is correct. And another dynamic that happened because of COVID is that you know, I could be at home doing this. I happen to be in the office, but a lot of people are working from home. People right. scattered about. And when people aren't working together face-to-face, it makes communications, especially written communications, right. that much more important. You need to be, you need to connect people so everyone is aligned and knows what they're supposed to do. And you need to do it in a way that leads to greater productivity. And you need to somehow create an environment of creativity if there's not even physical presence. And I mean, I, this, I think we're going to look back 20, 25 years from now and like, COVID obviously affected politics, affected health, but it radically changed the workplace more than probably anything has changed the workplace in the last 20, 30, or 40 years. Like suddenly you had to work from home and you had to rethink communications. I mean, to be honest, as a business proposition, smart brevity became exponentially more valuable because of that dynamic, because people were struggling to figure out how do I communicate right. with people. And good communications, is it's magical because it gets people to hear what they're supposed to hear and do what you want them to do. Bad communications could be a real it could be a real killer for a company, a real killer for a relationship. Well, it is really interesting. Uh, right before I, I scheduled this interview, I started talking to my staff, you know, so I always, I always feel good when I'm kind of like, uh, kind of like with the curve. I feel you're, you're one of the curves, which means you're, you're talking dynamics that we need to start looking at or start living. Yep. And, uh, you know, as a, as a company, as my company, which is 3815 Media, you know, we have a capabilities one sheet that we have to do. That deck used to be like 48 pages. Now it's reduced yep. to one sheet. And then I had my Rashawn McDonald EPK, electronic press kit. It used to be about 30 pages. And I told my staff, reduce it to one sheet. I want, they go, how are we going to put all that on that? I said, make it work. I said, because people do, well, they, they don't want to fan through 30 pages to find out about Rashawn McDonald or what he's working on. So that's why when when, this, when your book came across my deck, I, desk, I laughed. I said, this is absolutely right. I said, I know that you can't talk in expansive terms with anybody in it anymore. And as, as, you, as you started dropping these dimes on the, of information on everybody, who received it the most and who resisted it? You know, the, I, the resistance tends to come from journalists, like journalists and people who are paid 
to like spread a lot of words and then be <laughs> a little long winded. They don't, they don't love it. Like where you see it, where it's been fun to watch. Like I've seen it really take off with students and teachers, certainly in businesses, probably where it's been most effective. I was just uh, on Facebook with somebody who randomly reached out to me, who's a preacher in New York and was like, ah, I really want to figure out how to make my preaching more efficient. Mm-hmm. And I pointed out to her that, um, that the Pope, while we were writing the book, uh, it did a speech in Croatia where he talked to Catholic priests and said, you got to cut your homilies down from 40 minutes to 10 minutes. And he said that the nuns were the ones who applauded the longest because he said, quote unquote, they're the ones who are subject to our, uh, our, uh, to our verbal torture. Right, <laughs> so, right, like, right. The Pope, you got to be more brief. <laughs> and the truth is like your exercise of your 40 pages down to one, the truth is you can do it. People think you can't. There's nothing shallow about being short. It's actually really confident and helpful and clarifying. I bet your one-sheeter is a hell of a lot better than your 40-sheeter was because it forced you to think about what are the things that are really, really important? What do people really have to know? And when you do that, the audience realizes it, and they, they know you're being respectful of their time and their intelligence, and they reward you for it. We'll be right back with more Money-Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Now let's return to Money-Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Hey, Jim, uh, I will absolutely tell you I prefer my one sheet over my expansive deck. And you're absolutely correct that uh, I, I was just telling the story that some of the information is not has no value today. It's something that I've done in the nineties and the early two thousands. It's about what I'm doing now, and I think that's what when I when I read through your book, one of my favorite chapters is the uh, the meeting chapters. You know, when you, when you gather your staff and you're talking, because that's where I had to learn, and I took some notes from your chapter because sometimes you get on these Zoom calls or these staffs calls, and you feel a need to talk. You feel a need to overemphasize what you're trying to get out of your staff, and that's what communications really can bore a person who's working for you or motivate them, correct? Yes. I mean, think about like most meetings tend to be very meandering. And then people wouldn't speak. <laughs> I hope I wasn't meandering, very... Jim. I wasn't meandering. I wasn't meandering. <laughs> you, know, you, you were succinct and clear in, in command for sure. But most people other than you are uh, meandering. And if you think about a meeting, the whole purpose of a meeting is we're meeting for a reason. What is the one thing we need to accomplish here? Let's talk only about that thing. And then at the end of the meeting, what are the specific takeaways that we can share with everyone who needs to know and think right. about that could be done in 20 minutes and it could be a, a, a hugely effective meeting. But if you go, if you're adrift, if you don't know what the focus of it is, if you don't know what the specific takeaways are, if you're not clear and concise in the language that you're using, you just had a nice conversation that's going to be forgotten by everybody and you wasted that time. And so I do, I think this works in PowerPoint. I think it works in meetings. I think it, it definitely works in speeches and yes. sermons. Like anywhere, it's about being respectful to the audience and really being sharp about what are the one, two or three things you really, really need them to know and that they really, really need to know. And then you can find yourself uh, having the type of success you want when you communicate. Yeah. Uh, first of all, smart brevity is for anyone who communicates. Hear me clear on that. If you're talking to somebody, whether it's a colleague, a friend or a spouse, you have to be able to... Not overtalk, you know. I've, I've come from the Baptist community, so so when you talk about church, you know, I, I am born of the hour and a half <laughs> church service. You know, the, the, we, we come to Jesus, the two or three uh, call to the altars, and get out of here. You know, so and so I, I so I, I would love to see this incorporated in the Baptist church world. Brevity. <laughs> <laughs> 
from the pulpit. But the most important thing that I, I took away in reading your book and also watching you is that, you know, there's a concern for communication because I got I got the gut feeling that you're feeling that people really have, that's a lost art. That's a lost art from a standpoint of what's the limit and what you're trying to say, but then there's so many ways that people are being inundated with information that we really have no window of focus. And that focus really is the key to solid communication, correct? Absolutely. Like foggy writing, foggy talking is a reflection of foggy thinking. Yes, so if you're talking and writing sharply, it means you took the time to really sharpen your own thought. Right. And that's that's a benefit to you. Like I, I do this all the time. I really try to distill my thinking about different topics. I write it down. I try to distill that into as few words as possible, mainly so I can remember it better. And if I have to articulate it, articulate it sharply and hopefully memorably so people you know sort of respond the way I would hope that they respond and like I'm in the media and I run a company so I'm paid to communicate let's right. be honest as are you mm -hmm. but these tricks that we learn the the, the 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 science behind it it's applicable to anybody and all of us want to be heard we really desperately want to be heard I want to bring as we close this meeting I want to make sure I, I run across I, I try to break everything down easy to my audience not saying they're dumb audience but I know that again brevity is important so when they take yep. away they can walk away it was five tips I heard you do and I like to bring up those five tips that I heard you do and, uh, and then you give me a short synopsis of the importance of how we yep. can use them first one of the number one was stop being selfish Yep. Stop being selfish. Start, stop writing for yourself. Stop communicating for yourself and think about what does the other person need to hear and read. That instantly changes your perspective and makes you a better communicator. Now, basically what I did when I reduced my Rashawn McDonald EPK from 40 pages to a single sheet, now I feel confident that when somebody gets it, they won't just trash it or they won't get past the colorful opening page. They have the one sheet and the information's there. Yep. And that's to stop being the 40 selfish. The was type. for you, the one is for them. Yes, that's sir. That's Absolutely. the lesson there. Absolutely. Uh, grab me. Reasons you are writing. Yep. Whether it is a, uh, a subject line in an email, a headline on a story, a text you're sending to somebody, you're at war with other people for their attention. So be provocative, be interesting, be succinct. Give them a headline, say, hey, this is why you're going to read this. Be very clear. So if you grab that person, then you get them to the next sentence. That next sentence should be something really interesting, something illuminating, something they should need to know. Well, if it is, you'll keep them reading deeper. And so you have to think that methodically about the cadence of your communications. Absolutely. So in other words, if, if, if one, is, is there a simple technique that one should take away if they're trying to start standard production meetings, a standard staff meeting? Is there any attention grabber technique they can use or some old things that they should stop using? I think a, a very successful device for both a speech or for a meeting is to say, very specifically, the one thing we want to accomplish today is, wow. or the one reason we're meeting here today is, or the one thing I want you to remember is, I would use that phrase and then just fill it in. And then at the end, reiterate it. So now the person has heard the most important thing delivered succinctly twice. They heard it at the beginning and the end. Common sense would tell you they have an exponentially higher chance of retaining what you just said, as opposed to not stating it, being unclear, hiding it behind other sentences or other paragraphs. You know, it's so funny, Jim. I was uh, a lot of times people call me now. They'll say stuff like, "I have two things I want to talk to you about. I have three things I want to." And I've been hearing that 
probably this year a lot because people know I don't like talking on the phone a lot. So, right. and they, 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 they've always said, Rishon, you know I was still talking when you hung up. I said, you were? <laughs> so now they'll say, hey, I got two things I want to talk to you about before we wrap up this call. So I agree. That technique works. Uh, uh, the number sure. three is keep it simple. Keep it simple. Like don't you, you know, like your sentences, your paragraphs should be short, should be direct. You don't need to use fancy words. You don't need to use words you learned at college and ones that you'd show off that you could maybe get a crossword puzzle. Just, just keep it simple. Be yourself. Be direct. Well, this one I really love was like write like a human because I always tell my friend, okay, look, I, I don't understand what you're saying. If you could just break it, break it back down to me, then guess where this conversation go a lot better. What exactly your version is? Write like a human. That I don't know what it is about our species that the minute that we have to write or communicate something, we suddenly button up our collar, add an additional layer of starch, and we start to talk like the most annoying, insufferable person you've ever met. We start to use fancy words and talk in a deeper voice and use acronyms as opposed to, no, talk to me like you talk to me over a beer at a bar. That's how you should communicate. People want authenticity. They're turned off by your arrogance or your weirdness if you're using these fancy $11 words. Wow. And the last one is number five, just stop. Ah. And that's a, that should be our gospel. Just stop. Like you can stop writing. Like if you've made your point, stop. You don't have to make it again. It's your example about you know, like, right. Like oh, I say something really good, and then I, I people seem to like it so much, I say it again. Like no, just stop. Just stop. How beautiful. This is five tips for effective or uh, efficient communication. I'm talking to Jim Vanderhyde. His book I really, really recommend: Smart Brevity, The Power of Saying More with Less. Uh, again, thank you for taking the time to come on Money Making Conversation Masterclass. Because in in I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs. I talk to a lot of people who are dreamers. But more importantly, if they don't know how to communicate, I have two things I always tell people. I call it two C's: communication and mm-hmm. consistency. If you can't communicate, then you'll never get to consistency. Once you get to consistency, you got to tell people what you were doing was actually going to work when you communicated with them. So I believe in what you're doing in this book, and I want to be one of the people who continue to promote the gospel of smart brevity. I love it. I appreciate it. And I love that you're focused on like the dreamer aspect. Like I, I always say like I live the American dream. Like I was... If you met me in college, you'd say I'm the last person you ever met that was going to start a couple of media companies. Right. I had a 1.49, one grade point average at right. a college I could barely get into and was <laughs> able to be successful. And, and anybody can do it. And I think this is a hopefully one building block in your in your career. Well, Jim, I, I said I got a math degree, but it took seven years. So you and I have a lot of DNA in, quality, DNA in common. So I thank you again for coming uh, for on sure, Money Masterclass. Again, definitely will heavily promote this book. Not only is it a good book, but it's also a, a game changer on how we talk. And also, I think can also relieve people on how they can tell people how they want them to talk to them. Because that's important. It has to be a two-way street. You know, you have to tell people what you're willing to accept. That way they can communicate with you a lot better. Again, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. Appreciate it very much. Have a good day. We talk soon. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rushan McDonald. Always remember to lead with your gifts. Money Making Conversations Masterclass is a presentation of 3815 Media Incorporated. You are now tuned into the Money Making Conversations Minute of Inspiration with Rashawn McDonald. Hi, I'm Rashawn McDonald from Money Making Conversation Masterclass with your daily Minute of Inspiration. Recently, I spoke with music producer and founder and CEO of MyBlock, Inc., Warren Campbell. He explains the importance of staying humble while hitting milestones. I was with uh, a, a well-known producer. I'm not going to say his name. Right, this right. guy had 
20 Grammys. And right. I was in the studio with him. We were watching the Grammys on TV. Right. And he won producer of the year. <laughs> and his response was like this. I said, man, I'm going nuts. Oh, my God. He's sitting there like this going, oh, man. I said to myself, I ain't never going to be like that. No, no I appreciate every award I, I've, I've won. I have five or six statues, Grammy, right. you know, awards. Mm. It's the best feeling in the world. <laughs> if you want to listen to this full interview with Warren Campbell, it's available on moneymakingconversations.com. 